Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Wild Voices Project podcast. Today I'm bringing you another conversation recorded by our roving reporter Kate Snowden, or Kate on Conservation as she's also known. You can find more about Kate at kateonconservation.com and twitter.com forward slash kateconservation, but spelling the word conservation without the E. This is a conversation between Kate and wildlife filmmaker Tanya Esteban, and I'll leave Kate to do her own introductions and just finish by saying that the Wild Voices Project podcast can be found in iTunes or Stitcher, where you can subscribe to it. You can find it at wildvoicesproject.org, and you can find us on Twitter at wildvoicesproj. And don't forget that we are the podcast telling the stories of the people saving nature in all sorts of ways. But without any further ado, let's dive in to this episode. Kate on conservation depending on how you know me and I'd like to share with you today my interview with the lovely and inspiring Tanya Esteban. Tanya is a wildlife filmmaker and researcher who has worked with the BBC on various natural history films including the likes of Big Cats which was her first break into the BBC and she's worked as a researcher and digital researcher on big titles such as Planet Earth 2 and Blue Planet too. And I was fortunate enough to talk to her about this brilliant experience in her career so far, and also about her own personal film, A Lion's Tale, which is about the Born Free Foundation and their work with lions, and also how this ties in with the wider ecosystem and problems of wildlife, the illegal wildlife trade, and all kinds of things that affect the ecosystem. And... I was able to chat to her about that, which was really important for me because I actually am a trustee of Born Free. And so it was amazing to connect with her over this. I hope that you enjoy the interview and hearing all about what it is to have a career at the BBC. What did you do for Big Cats? It was one of your first projects I read. Yeah, so it was, Wild Cats was my first kind of foray into the BBC because it was work experience. So at the time I was just editing a lion's tail actually yeah <laughs> which was which kind of uh, good timing and um yeah so i applied for the bbc work experience i thought you know the pool because it's i thought what i'll apply see if i get it it's usually quite tricky because so many people apply and i thought well i don't know I'm, i may or may not get it and um so i was at university and i got the sort of call and like oh we'd love you know to have a sort of quick interview with you if you'd like to do work experience and, and i was like yeah i'd love to and um the reason why was mainly because I could speak Spanish and um, they sent me to Spain to do a, re- a recce oh, cool. um, where they're going to go film the Iberian lynx. So by oh, the yeah. time this comes out, actually, it would have, yeah, it would have already been revealed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's for the third episode on the conservation element of it. And uh, so I was very excited. I was like, oh, this is, this is like my kind of dream project. I wish I could have worked on it for longer. Um, yeah. So that involved sort of a month and a half um of work for them and uh, doing lots of research and kind of getting to learn the ropes of um, production really because we'd we just learned everything on the course and it was really fresh in our minds really 
And I thought, okay, let's see if I can do this. And I found I really, really enjoyed, you know, finding sort of pure science and, and learning how to set up shoots and, and uh, the sort of storytelling element and thinking of different uh, camera yeah. angles and storyboards to help uh, with the production, really. And, uh, yeah, so I kind of helped... Uh, just, you know, the main researcher and uh, the assistant producer, the lovely Sarah. Uh, we went out to Spain and it, we flew into my home province, which was hilarious because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I can show you all the best tapas bars. Yeah. And, <laughs> um, Local guide. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was so, it, it was really inspiring for me, actually, because I, I never realised how um, many passionate conservationists there were in Spain. Yeah. I was quite like blinded to that in a way because I, I'd grew, grown up there all my life but I never really had the opportunity to meet any of them so that was really exciting to meet uh, Miguel who you'll, who you'll see feature on the, yeah. uh, the program next week and I mean they're, they're incredible you know it was very high security and we had to put all these sort of uh, protective uh, clothes on so we didn't spread any disease and they sprayed us down um because they're highly you know they're highly critically endangered yeah uh, these lengths and uh, they're so beautiful very small animals i've I'd never seen them before so that was very exciting and uh yeah i'm looking forward to seeing the final final products the yeah. final touch so what was your actual role? Like, did, did you do anything like, um, they said storyboarding and that kind of stuff. Were you behind the camera for any of that kind of stuff or, or sort of working with the people, you know, behind the camera sort of thing? Yeah, I, I would have loved to have done a bit of camera work. I did a little bit of filming, but on yeah. an Osmo. So that was okay. just to kind of, um, it's kind of field notes and kind of getting a general scope of the area so that the producer can look and think, right, okay, we'd like to film here, we'd like to do this. Uh, but no actual camera work yet mm-hmm. that um, would enter the final um, the final film. So I kind of did a lot of translating. I was kind of liaising with the scientists and finding out wow. key facts that would feature um, heavily in the story, just because it's, it's always that sort of language barrier. Um, yeah. And it's, up to, it's my job to kind of uh, make them feel comfortable with the team and ask questions about where we could place the cameras and kind of gain their trust. Um, which I love doing because, like, UK, uh, I, I love talking to people. <laughs> and <laughs> and, and uh, you, this must be one of the most interesting right. roles because you get all that information. And, you know, I think when you're in that kind of role, you get stuff that perhaps doesn't make the final program that you've kind of learned, on, on, you know, when you're there on site, which must be fascinating. That... Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm sure your time at Discovery Channel, you you sort of see all these behind-the-scenes things and, you know, you've got your team there and, all the, it's just all this um, sort of knowledge and information you're finding out that kind of embellishes a sequence. But even if it doesn't make it, you still have that knowledge nice, with you. Yeah. And you still have that bond that, you know, you've kind of made with um, these people. Because I think it's very important to keep up those relationships uh, wherever you travel in the world. Because you just never know. You think, oh, well, you know, if I stop by, I'd love to come by and take some pictures. Or, um, you know, just to, uh, the conservation work that they do, actually, is, is incredible. They're so dedicated. And I'm really Amazing. glad as you know, a half Spanish um, girl um, yeah. that the conservation work that they're doing is now kind of, you know, coming out, which is brilliant because they've done, yeah, yeah, incredible work. So it's very exciting to, to start my uh, um, kind of BBC uh, role and my work as a, as a researcher 
um, on a program that, you know, I was obsessed with big cats and I was just finishing yeah. my, my a lion's tail. I was like, oh, this is yeah. like amazing. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Which kind of brings us nicely onto like lion's tail. So obviously that's how I first encountered you. I saw it on, on Twitter, I think it was tweeting about it. Um, yeah, how did, obviously, again, you worked with people, you're talking about sort of relationships and that. I think you worked with Ian, Ian Redmond on that one, was it? Yes, and, and Virginia and yeah, Ian. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who I, I'm such a fangirl of Ian like it's unreal <laughs> every, every I swear everything he posts is just so utterly endearing like you know oh there's Ian jumping around London in a gorilla suit <laughs> swinging off a bridge like I love that guy <laughs> but yeah so um you know how did that come about so it was part of your university projects um what was it that you were studying um for that was it actually um, wildlife just... filmmaking that, yes, it yeah. was. So it's here in Bristol. I'm in mm-hmm. the lovely Rizzles right now. It's a yeah. bit cloudy. Um, and uh, so I just finished my zoology course and I knew that yeah. I, for so many years I'd wanted to do this MA course um, since I was about 14 when I saw it being advertised. And I was like, right, I'm planning all my A-levels, all my GCSEs to get to Bristol and do yeah. this course. Um, and uh, so I, when I got it, I was just, oh, I was so ecstatic. And uh, so for, as part of our final year project, we had to to choose a story that we really, you know, were passionate about. And I thought, okay, I wasn't too sure, but I really like big cats, but, you know, what's the story? And Ian came in to give us a really, uh, as always, an inspirational talk. And uh, he's talking about, you know, vico-tourism. And uh, he mentioned, it was just one sentence that he said. Um, and he said, oh, it's the 50th anniversary of Born Free, you know, since the film was made. And I went, that's the story. Yeah. I, I recently read about how, you know, they've been in decline. They've declined by nearly 70% since, you know, over 20 years. And it's, I mean, it's just terrible that you think how, mm. how their numbers have plummeted when people always think that lions are so numerous and they're, yeah. they're really not anymore. Um, so I thought that's the connection. So mm. I went up to her and said, I'm a huge fan. I said, um, I've got this idea for a film I'd like to make with Born Free. Um, you know, could you maybe put me in touch with, with Will Travers and Virginia if they'd be interested? And um, it was sort of like that, that got the ball rolling and I got in touch with Will and Will was absolutely incredible. He was just, I mean, I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. I was terrified of meeting him. Um, and uh, of course, Virginia McKenna has always been such a hero of mine as I'm sure she's yeah. of yours and many people. Um, because she's just got this incredible presence about her. When everyone who I've met, who has met her, has said she has just such a positive element about her, and she's so passionate and and does you know she's an activist. She actually you know acts upon her word, and um, yeah, so that kind of got the ball rolling. And I kind of just spent six months setting up the shoot and liaising with them constantly, and then doing all the storyboards, doing all the research, and. Um, talking to Victor, who's at, you know one of the rangers out in the Born Free offices, and and uh, and then crowdfunded it, and it was just it was just a bizarre, really incredible year of just planning this dream shoot. And I thought, right, I've got ten days to actually shoot it, just a tiny percentage of a yeah. production, and then actually getting out there was it was incredible because I just kind of fulfilled a childhood dream of you know kind of filming a story about one of my absolute heroes mm. and uh, an animal that's very dear to my heart. And, uh, yeah, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. It was just amazing. And, and when I, when I started editing it, I wanted the piece to be very much a kind of memoir of born free. Yeah. Um, 
and um, yeah, Virginia McKenna as well, because she is dedicated her whole life to you know conserving wildlife, and her son is one of the most hardworking people I've ever met. He never stops, and he's seriously incredible. <laughs> Yeah. I swear Virginia herself is like a, a lioness in the room like when you sit with her she's got that present <laughs> she's got this kind of calm thing but she's so fierce under it all like you know like with her like you say her passion and her fierce acting fierce blue and, eyes yeah like, <laughs> they're just they're both like you said they're so amazing and so dedicated um you can't you can't be around them and not be inspired really um and that's what I loved about it. when I watched um your film I thought like it gets it, you know, it, it's not just like, oh, this is a, you know, a charity. It's like, no, these are these are people and these are like dedicated people. And this is, you know, it's got real soul, I think. And I, I love that that oh, came across you. in, in so your, <laughs> you know, having followed Warnfrey like my whole life, it's like, yeah, yeah it, it got it. And I think like that's that's definitely like why I kind of wanted to talk, to talk to you actually, because it was like, oh, there's someone who kind of sees that there's more to this than, I don't know, maybe numbers about of lions and, you know, because we all hear statistics and, and, you know, this charity is doing this and this charity is doing that. But when you kind of get in there and, I don't know, you see the people behind it, it it really yeah. sort of brings it to, to life and really makes you realise that there are people who dedicate everything to the causes that they believe in. And that's, that's, you can't not be inspired by that, can you? It's, and it sounds yeah. like an amazing opportunity to go on the shoot as well and to, to be out you know, in the in the field with these people. Um, you went to the Ivory Burn as well, I think, didn't you? Like, yes. Yeah. Um, that was something that I was quite unsure whether it'd come off or not. And I, a lot yeah. of people said to me, oh, but what's the connection? And I said, well, there is a connection because I'm, it's not at, at the very end, actually. And it was a different ending, which I didn't put on. But it's a personal mm. copy that I keep. Yeah. Um, and it's Virginia saying it's not just about um, elephants and lions it's about the whole ecosystem it's about all of nature uh, protecting mm. it and I mean it was such it, it got me really emotional actually because she she just gets it like you said mm. it's you know she gets how the whole ecosystem has to function obviously the illegal wildlife trade in general is such a, a huge issue mm. um, thank god for China banning yeah. you know uh, commercial that was amazing mm. um, and being at the ivory bird was one of the most sort of overwhelming powerful things I've ever uh, filmed really because um you're so focused as a, a sort of a camera woman you're self-shooting you're thinking right I've got to get this shot I've got to get that and it was so funny because there's like journalists from all over the world positioning their tripods and I was there this little you know sort of girl pu putting her her kit there and going right okay I'm going to get the president when he comes out to light the ivory and then I've got to roam around with my gimbal to try and get some of the shots of the ranges and the burning flames and um, but then when you kind of look up and you look at this, you know, 50 ton pile of ivory going up and Jeez. it was the smell actually more than anything. You could hear the um, the ivory crackling because mm. it sort of bits of it was quite hollow. Yeah. Um, and it was just so overpowering. You just think, God. Um, and that's why in the film I, tr I use the voice of you know, Virginia's voice, uh, Will's voice and Victor's because rather than having me or, you know, someone else. Mm who hasn't experienced that, uh, narrate it. I wanted them to kind of give a voice to all those people that have been working together. And it's, it's all about emotion in the storytelling, I think. That's yeah. personally what I wanted to get across. Oh, um, definitely and, worked. And what I tell definitely a, achieved a lot it. Of people. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's just vital to get that across, especially in conservation, because no one wants to be lectured anymore. No. <laughs> you've, got to get them, uh, you've got to get them emotionally or you know, visually arresting images, which is what I think 
Um, that's how I kind of developed, hopefully, a, a sort of style of doing that, to, to try and, you know, do these amazing people justice, really. And, um, yeah, hopefully that, uh, yeah, mm. I mean, just being there was amazing. And uh, I'm so grateful to Ian and, and Will yeah. and, and Virginia for giving me that opportunity to make make a, a dream film since, I mean, like you said, that we've yeah. been following War Free since we were kids. When I was yeah. 10, I did a presentation about people who inspired me. It was of Virginia. Wow. Uh, not, da- not David. Not actually David. Yeah. Sorry, David. <laughs> because she's such a, she's a really strong yeah. woman. And I thought, mm. wow, she really inspired me. And I thought, oh, my God, you know, sort of 12 years later, I get to go to her home in Surrey. It's so nice. Incredible. And, and go, go to Kenya. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Funny, I remember doing. I was about six. I did a show and tell. Not about not about any people actually. I I my mum adopted. I was just writing about it this morning actually. My mum adopted Rookie the Tiger for me when I was about six. Oh, and um, I the magazine. yeah, and I went into class for show and tell, holding up this adoption certificate. And I swear, I oh. thought that I actually owned a tiger. Like I thought, I think I thought that like this tiger is mine. <laughs> like somewhere in the world, I have a tiger, and I'm so proud. Just kind of reminds me that like kind of going into school and like. Telling people right, right from being a kid is it's funny it's like you know it's something things they stick don't they like definitely um I can tell it's been a long life passion of yours yeah <laughs> well I suppose you don't you kind of don't really get the opportunity to do what we do I think unless you you've been yeah. committed and, and been around a while um because that's like you say how you, you meet people and how you know people and and how it's authentic when you tell the stories I think I think people know when it's authentic and when you know what you're talking about because you've been there a long time definitely um so I was gonna I was gonna ask you as well drones you, you seem to be a sort of a bit of a drone specialist from my understanding um yeah how does you know how how, how does that kind of come into your career like drones drones yeah. are are amazing I just uh so I, I kind of start got, uh, got started about two years ago um when I saw some you know, because Vimeo has particularly amazing um, independent filmmakers that post at work. And I yeah. remember seeing this video that someone shot in Scotland with a, I think it was a Phantom 4, no, a Phantom 2, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, a very old type of drone. I just thought, God, it just, it really does open up a whole new world, really. And it was only then it was beginning to get a lot more commercial and people could, you know, anyone, the general public could start to buy consumer uh, drones and, and give it a go really so I bought a second hand one and thought right let's see if I can actually fly this before yeah. I start taking it seriously and uh, it was terrible like the drone was quite terrible but it, it actually helped you uh, if you can fly a, a bad drone yeah. and a smaller one then you don't have to worry about the bigger ones because people are quite terrified by these quite enormous ones yeah um, like the Inspire 2s and the Inspire 1s they're actually a lot easier to fly because they're so much larger they've got more inertia when you're yeah. flying them. Um, so I thought, great, I want to, you know, I want to give this a go. And um, I remember flying over my house in Spain and it was the sunset and the, the, the mountains there have always kind of inspired me. And mm. it's somewhere that I've always loved. It's been my, my home for so many years. And just to see it from above like that and being able to take pictures was like, oh, it was, you know, That's incredible. Funny. A whole new perspective. Um, and that's where it all started, really. I used to, I used to do long lens photography. Um, back at home when, you know, when I bought my camera. But then being able to bring a drone into the mix, I was like, wow, this just opens up a whole new perspective to my storytelling. And uh, so I thought, yes, I'm going to do this. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was at the BBC at the time, and I thought, 
you know, it's quite a lot of money. It costs quite a few thousand pounds to train yourself to get the license and get qualified. Mm. Um, but I knew that it would perhaps open up more opportunities for me to go out on location and um, and also to uh, sort of enhance my own, you know, videography and film work. Um, but uh, the, the actual conservation element of it is quite interesting because I went to a talk by Serge Witch, and mm -hmm. um, he runs courses um, on aerial surveying in the forests of, I think it was Sabah, um, right. and parts of Indonesia. And he monitors orangutan nests. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, cool. it's really, really interesting. He's a, he's a good guy. Um, and the fact that, you know, you can sort of survey some large swathes of areas um, and monitor sort of tree, just, you know, distributions mm. and everything and species um, is quite interesting for me because I, I think in terms of conservation and film work as well. Yeah. So I thought, right, well, I, could, I can maybe perhaps try and um, um, sort of discussing projects now with some researchers, maybe how I can try and help with that. Um, but also, obviously, for film work, um, that's what that that's my sort of uh, skill set. I thought, right, I can do some aerials for my own, you know, um, films now. And um, yeah, so now uh, the the new series that I'm working on now um, <laughs> heavily features a lot of drone work. So I'll be going off to to Canada, yeah, very soon yeah. to go fly <laughs> go fly my drone, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> Great. Are we are we allowed to know what that project is yet, or is it a sort of under wraps? It's a little it's under wraps All right. for the moment, <laughs> but I will definitely let you know yeah. when it's out, okay? Yeah. I'll be the first one to let you know. I'll Great. tweet you right there. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, um, I mean, actually, it was interesting hearing about the orangutans because, you know, um, was, it was last year, the year before, I think the Wildlife Photographer of the Year winner was, um, yes. they won, like, the photojournalism category and the overall category of the orangutan up the tree, which I think was done on a camera trap. And... Um, I, I don't think I realised, like, how high up in, in the trees orangutans are, like, how big those trees are and how high up they were until I sort of saw the perspective of that shot. And I thought, you know, cause, wow, like, <laughs> and really, I can understand definitely how things like drones, like, would help in surveying that kind of area and nests and things like that you say, because I don't know how you get up there, like, <laughs> without, like, disrupting everything if you don't have a drone, like... So that's really interesting. Um, what kind of um, shoots of you know of in your own work? What kind of thing have you used drones for um, mm. in, in sort of camera work? Yeah. Um, so I've done I've done a couple of drone reviews. So kind of just yeah. reviewing you know the specs of a drone. And, yeah. And uh, because they they keep releasing new ones all the time, and I'm like, no, nah, I've just bought mine. Do <laughs> so you get sent any for um, free? <laughs> I know. I know. So I recently went to Iceland. Yeah. Um, a week and a half ago to do some drone work mm. there, which, oh God, it's like the most droneable country in the world. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's seriously, it was one of the most beautiful countries I've ever visited. Um, just the landscape changes. It's like sort of turning the pages of a book, a child's mm. storybook. You know, you've got, you know, sort of lava, basalt fields, and then you've got these amazing vast plains where it's just completely barren, and then snow fields. And you're just driving along thinking, God, it's like, I've walked into J.K.L. Tolkien's, you know, sort of The Hobbit or something. It's incredible. Um, so I did a lot of drone work there, and um, I'm hoping to do some more drone work in, in Africa, really. Mm. I mean, that's where I'd love to go back to do just sort of personal projects. But, um, yeah, um, yeah and, and Scotland as well. Scotland is an amazing place to do uh, drone work. So, 
that this is an upcoming project, but um, professionally, and I'll be doing it this in, in Canada, which will be my first kind of paid uh, internal gig, as it were. Yeah. Um, rather than just sort of work for Panasonic or for Wax Photographic, who I work for sometimes. Yeah. Joe, it would be cool just, you know, because I'm passionate about it, it would be really cool to see, like... Um, drone footage over the in Shamwari the the um born oh. born free center because you obviously you can't get anywhere near obviously the the lions and the released animals in there because they have these huge enclosures these sort of rescued yeah. lions and it'd be really interesting to see like what they're doing <laughs> like, you yeah. know like that would be a great project go and, and see what's going on with the uh, what happens after they've got released and how they've got accustomed to the environment and That'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, smile on them. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have small drones, actually. So talking of big ones, yeah. you've got the tiny one called the Spark, which you can literally just put in your hand. Wow, it's so yeah. small. And obviously, the motors don't make as much noise. That's very exciting, I think, for wildlife filmmakers in general because, you know, we're con- I, I'm always concerned about welfare yeah, in terms of, of scaring animals. Because when I was filming some elephants, um, I, I didn't film near them at all. I just filmed yeah. their... Uh, the sort of you know the landscape in the in the forest it was incredible like you said you know kind of going up panning up a tree you think how long is this going to take going up and up and up you're scaling up this incredible tree you've got all this these lianas and and sort of other ferns and 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 plant species that are are living on top of the these these mega you know primeval forest and it it just indicate you know it sort of gives a good indication of health um, for a lot of forests when you do the you know drone work as well which is you know exciting from a conservation yeah. point of view and uh sort of filming so yeah no that, oh, i think it'd be a great idea <laughs> have a like give will a bit of a nudge like can i get out <laughs> can i get sent out to <laughs> well, <laughs> to go and see what's going on <laughs> yeah um definitely. so what's i obviously i know you've worked um you know you were saying about earlier about everyone else if you've seen david Attenborough. i know you've worked on uh blue planet 2 and planet earth 2 um, what was your kind of roles for that and how did you get into it? So so that came about uh, probably two months after I did the work experience um, on the Wildcats. Uh, I was just finishing editing off a film. The film came out in November, Lion's Tale. Yeah. And, uh, and then sort of late November time, they got in touch and said, oh, would you like to, to do digital research for Planet Earth 2? It's like, yeah. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a sort of, um, it wasn't the, the solid researcher role mm. on Planet Earth 2, but the digital uh, research um, kind of encompasses all the um, online aspects, so all the video clips, all the sort of behind the scenes pictures and social media clips um, and exclusives that people see online, really. So I was part of a team that did all the different kind of um, additional bits to the, uh, you know, to support the Blue Planet too, uh, which is probably why I was very active on social media yeah. about it, going, check this out, check this <laughs> out, um, and all the random gifts you probably see. <laughs> um, but we kind of did some uh, digital exclusive for Snapchat for America, which is quite interesting. So my job is to look in all the archive um, that wasn't used for the planet Earth, so I got to see the, this amazing footage that wasn't used on the main episodes. So I was like, oh, this wow. is incredible. <laughs> um, and just sort of edit up clips for this um, for this digital platform, um, which was, it was amazing because, you know, we kind of crafted these different stories and there's just some incredible footage that was never used. And you think, God, oh, I hope it's used in the future yeah. you know, for other projects. Um, so that was for Planet Earth 2. And then I moved straight on to the Blue Planet 2 equivalent. So kind of, 
yeah. uh, doing archive again and interviewing um, some of the filmmakers that were involved and some conservationists. Um, so that was good because I got to do a bit more camera work. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was good fun. And uh, yeah, just kind of, you know, online content and uh, all the additional bits that you see to, to a, a production. But I was so desperate then. To, I was like, okay, I really want to move on to production now. So all all the meanwhile, I was kind of um, helping, um, you know, other productions and things like that. And I saw that they did Wild Metropolis was going to, that was commissioned. Yeah. Um, although I probably shouldn't say that because that's not coming out. Oh, no, it's okay. I can say that because it, it's it's actually on, on the BBC website that it's commissioned. Okay. So Wild Metropolis, I thought, right. And I came up with loads of story ideas and pitched it to the series producer. And he said, okay. And he said, um, yeah, you can be one of our researchers. So I was like, that's great. And I could move on to production, which is what I wanted to do, which is yeah. use of pure research. Great. What, what's been your favourite um, project that you've worked on? It's probably a big question, isn't it? But do you have a favourite project you've worked on? Oh, um, that's, that is a hard question. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have to ask you who your favourite, you know, sort of interview or write-up uh, God. Well, my, my favourite interview would be David Attenborough. Oh, that's incredible. That, that is definitely a highlight. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, re- I think it's probably got to be Wild Metropolis. So the Great. one I most yeah. recently have just finished. Um, that was amazing just because... Um, I, it was. I felt like I was really getting into just storytelling and you know setting up shoots very much in depth, and it's just incredible. Like a lot of people don't see uh, urban, you know, these mega cities around the world, mm. you know, Mumbai and Cape Town and you know London and New York. They don't really see them as wildlife hotspots, but yeah. some of the stories we found have just like they blow my mind away. I was just like, wow, they're incredible, and these very dedicated scientists that are following and tracking them at ridiculous hours and you know 24 7 and uh, we've got some really cool stories and some very beautiful footage that we've captured so hopefully when that comes out should be coming out sort of october time just amazing um people will be like wow because it's a sort of it's very stylistic as well it's Mm. very similar to the planet earth um, city I was going to say the cities well. episode with like the hyenas and stuff. Like you kind of got a bit of a taste, and the the um, the falcons in London, um, yeah, and the high buildings and stuff. I mean, yeah, that was. I mean, I think people that sort of started this idea to people that actually there is, you know, there is yeah. wildlife here. You know, we, we just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. and it was seriously amazing, and I, I mean, I, I studied um, urban bat ecology for a year hmm. at university and did my dissertation on it. So that's why I was so keen to mm. kind of push, you know, to get onto it. And it, it was a, a brilliant team as well. And um, but I've since moved on because I sort of did independent projects, like the mm. one in Laos, and I thought, right, okay. Because that was pure camera work. I was like, I'm getting yeah. itchy feet now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and and now moved on to Canada. But yeah, the Wild Metropolis, and um, yeah, I'll probably Great. say that one. <laughs> and um, I suppose just as a... Because uh, sort of a final question, what I think people will be interested in is um, how 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 what advice would you give to people that are trying to um, get into this? Like, how, how would they go about starting? How would they get started? Um, I'd say you've got to be number one, really passionate and slightly yeah. crazy um, about you know wildlife and natural yeah. history. Um, if you if it's something that you've always wanted to do, um, you know, I followed the science route and then kind of did a, I specialised afterwards in filmmaking because that's that's what I wanted to do. You don't have to because I, you know, I know some people that 
well, m- most people actually, um, that didn't do their MA and things like that. It just it gives you a filmic grammar, I think, if you want to yeah. uh, specialize in uh, a master's in filmmaking. Um, but yeah, if, you know, just get out there, find your own stories. You know, the world has opened up now and with camera technology. Anyone can own a camera that shoots 4K now. Yes. You know, and okay, I'm not one of those people that says, you can make an amazing movie on your phone because I'm not one of those yeah. people. Um, you, you, you need a sort of range of, you know, at least two lenses, one that you can get, sort of long lens and short lens. Yeah. Just go out there, make your own films, um, find interesting stories, do what you do and, you know, talk to people about their experiences. Um, travel. Yeah. <laughs> something that, uh, you know, it's something that I could never really afford beforehand. But now that I'm sort of earning, um, I can afford to travel now and through my work, yeah. luckily, I get to travel um, because it just opens up. You know, a whole perspective of your own life, really, as well as your sort of professional career. Um, so keep filming. Um, you know, get on social media as well. I'd say. You know, it's yeah. it's 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 not always nice. I, I think it's so corny when you keep posting stuff and you're going, oh, look at this. But actually, you actually kind of find this really sweet community, this amazing community of very like-minded people yeah. on social media um, that share, you know, amazing content, and you kind of find its inspiration for everyone. Um, and people, and, yeah, and uh, I think people are interested. I say I'm, I'm always interested in you know what your projects are and what you're doing because it's something that I'm not doing, and so I think that that is endlessly interesting to people who aren't doing it. You know, like you know, what, what does that life entail? What do you see? What do you do? You know, it's definitely you know something that, like, say, I, I enjoy following people. I enjoy people saying what they're doing on social media. I enjoy watching Instagram stories and stuff. I mean, I'm nosy. That's why I'm a journalist because I'm nosy. <laughs> but also, like, it, it it is you know, it, it genuinely resonates with people. I think it does. It yeah. does, and it, like you say, it's just it is fantastic to see what people are up to. Wow, I want to go to that country or. Oh, I never thought about going to you know this particular region of the world, or um, yeah, and you can kind of sometimes then um, you know find collaborations with other people and and actually meet. It. I've met so many people that have gone, oh, I, I follow you on Twitter, or oh, I yeah. follow you on social media, and it's just such a weird, bizarre yeah. thing. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I followed your work, and it was amazing. You know, me saying this to someone yeah. else. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's really great. So you know, I'd say make your own content. Um, you know, talk to people, um, and uh, yeah, just just go for it. Because if you really want something, um, I never sort of say no. Like like yeah. you, you know, would if they if people go, well, you can't, you know, like camera work, for example, and for women in particular, is quite difficult. I find to get into um, just because I don't think as many people see women uh, doing sort of technological roles. Yeah. Um, so I thought, right, I'm going to go get my drone license for myself and uh, Panasonic um, have now given me an amazing opportunity to be able to, you know, actually go out and do these amazing projects. But always remember your roots, I think, yeah. in terms of the reason why you're doing your filmmaking work uh, is to sort of, you know, to help, to try and make a difference or inspire mm. people. Um, so always, yeah, always remember why you're doing wildlife specifically don't kind of go off on a tangent go right I'll just do any form of tv you know kind of remember your conservation and your passion roots and uh you'll I'm sure you guys can uh go far with it but yeah storytelling is the key I think and passion I I loved that you sort of with the drone thing you saw a niche and and thought well that's that's an area I'm going to get into. I think that that's a really smart move to sort of to look around and think like, what can I specialize in? Um, yes. I think there's a temptation, especially 
today because everything is so accessible like you say like you know anyone can own a camera and anyone can write a blog or anything else I think there's such a temptation to try and do everything um you know do you know what I mean like everybody is trying to sort of you know if you have a blog you also you have to film video and if you film video you want to take pictures and you got to take you know and, and it could be so hard to kind of I keep think specialize and to think well this is what I do and, and I think that's something that I think is really inspiring about you know what we were just chatting about is that that you you saw something that you thought I can specialize in that and, and ran with it um and I think that's a really good way of looking at things and a really good way to approach stuff actually um like I, yeah. I, I, I know, like I, I love writing. I love chatting to people. I know I'm, I'm not that great. You know, I'm not a filmmaker. I, I can't film. <laughs> you know, like I, I watch other people. I've watched loads of people in the edits. But I admire what they do. But it's like the kind of thing that if I wanted to get a piece of film footage for a story or a blog or something, I would go to someone who can do it well, rather than yeah. trying to be like, you know, jack of all trades and master of none. And I think, <laughs> I think that's what you know. A, another sort of great you know idea and a great thing to to follow is that the, like yes. I say that you specialized in something and and was determined and and invested in it invested in getting your license yes. like I think that's a big big point that people overlook as well is that you invest so much especially I say you have to be passionate because you know I've, I've so much time I, I've you know given to, to so many projects and things that that aren't monetary they have no value like in that sense no. like no one's paying me to do certain things but what you get the sense of is that you're contributing to something, you're learning about something, yes. you're supporting and supporting conservation, you're meeting people. And I think that's, that's a key as well. It's investment, um, which I think gets overlooked as well. I think, <laughs> I think everybody it, just thinks, well, I, I want to be, you know, a YouTube star. <laughs> and that's that. Like, you know. no, I, I, you're hundred percent right. Mm. I think sort of networking is, is 60% of, of everything that we do because yeah. um, people think, Oh, you know, so so is you know gets a lucky break. It's it's not. I mean, it's partly luck, but yeah. it's also partly putting yourself out. Hard work, long <laughs> yeah. hours. Where yeah. I'm like I've been sort of three o'clock in the morning editing or, or working on a project, and you just think it's all worth it because it, you love it. It's like your passion. Yeah. You wouldn't you know expect anything else less of yourself. But you know, being determined and keep going for it. And exactly what you were saying as well. If you can specialize. Um, in a particular field of, of wildlife filmmaking. Like, I know so many people who, so Jamie McPherson, he does, mm -hmm. you know, gimbal work as, as, and Cineflex work. Uh, Mark McEwen, who shot the lemurs in Planet Earth, he does gimbal work as well. Sophie Darlington, my absolute her heroine female wildlife camera woman, specializes in long lens work, which I love long lens work as well. Um, but yeah, drone work is, you know, a whole other niche. Time lapses as well, all these different elements, thermal. You know, yeah. and big catch, you saw the thermal imagery. Yeah. Um, there's so many different niches that you can specialize in. I think you should sort of go for it and pick one that you enjoy, really. And, um, yeah, and also developing your own sense of style, I think. Yeah. If you've got, don't try and copy, you know. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can obviously watch other people's uh, productions and films for inspiration, but if you've got a certain style of, um, you know, sort of lens flare or, you know, kind of tr the way that you track motion in a particular shot or the way that you frame a, a person's face um, or a very shallow depth of field, um, you know, uh, sort of look to your film. Um, I think, yeah, people then go, oh, it's quite distinctive. I know that so-and-so's work. And I think the very sort of best camera people that I've ever seen um, have that ability. I've watched them and oh, I wish, you know, hopefully yeah. it's an aspiration that you hope to get to, to, to be able to develop your own style one day. But 
yeah, definitely. I, I think um, the advice that you were just saying there as well, go for your niche uh, and network. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that conversation and you can find more of them at wildvoicesproject.org on Twitter at wildvoicesproj or by subscribing to the podcast in iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks very much and until next time.